Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're at the spot. You're at the place, the location where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, we have a naturopath. And uh, we're going to talk to her about nutrition. And she's a health coach. I see all of those wonderful potions on her shelf back there. <laughs> I'm going to ask her about that and then some. This is Sarah Brinchley, and she is calling us from or visiting with us from the land down under, you know, my second home, Australia. So we're going to see what's really going on. You know, I hear that those are some of the healthiest people in the world. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, oh, we are. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> tell us how you show up in the world, Sarah. So, um, yeah, I'm, an, I'm a naturopath, I'm a nutritionist, and I, I have two arms. I basically focus on um, menopause, midlife women, and post-menopause and supporting women through the transition of menopause and then and beyond and getting excited about the the, the later years in their life and, and stepping up and becoming leaders. So that's kind of my my big passion. Well, that's your jam. That's what you know how to do. I always wonder why they called it the menopause. It doesn't seem like a pause at all. It's well, it's it's a it's a bit like a cocoon. I think we kind of it's a bit like being a caterpillar, it's time to kind of reflect and and reevaluate your life and then step out into the postmenopausal years as a butterfly so that's why i think it's a pause it's a really good time to yeah just take take a, a checklist to your life exactly because a lot of things are happening it's also a rite of passage you know you go through a lot of mental spiritual physical sexual yeah everything kind of just changes all at once but you know, as women, we do this two or three times during the course of our lifetime. So, you know, it's it's different. Um, yeah. How did you find yourself in the space? Um, as a naturopath, I found myself in the space um, through children. Um, I was a fairly healthy person interested in, in you know, anything to do with a, a green and natural life. Had kids and... Um, they both got unwell and it got me kind of looking outside of, of normal medical um, ways of dealing with, with issues because I, I didn't find that it was enough. And through that, I realized how important nutrition was, particularly. Um, my son swallowed a padlock and, and damaged his esophagus. My daughter uh, was a bit of a fruit fiend and ended up with thrush. And so I went down a whole path looking at specifically nutrition and how that can make a big difference and learned so much from it and realized that actually what we eat can be both poison and it can be a medicine. And that oh, kind of wow. the reason why it set me on that path. And then really the, the people that I work with were generally middle-aged women and I was going through perimenopause myself and realizing that there really isn't very much information, particularly in that sort of 30 to 40 years age where things are starting to change and menopause seems such a far 
yeah, what you know, so far away that you right. don't really think about it. And so a lot of women were confused about the symptoms that they were experiencing. And and that's when I got really interested in perimenopause and menopause because and, and and that's grown now. I see that there's a lot more conversation about it. But mm-hmm. back in 2017, when I really started to to work in this area, there was really nothing. It was um, really not talked about at all. Well, you know, young girls start their menses a lot earlier than they used to. I don't know. It used to be like 13, 14. Now they're starting at 10. You know, they're they're 10 and their bodies are changing. Um, They, you know, they're participating in sports, much more aggressive sports. You know, I didn't know like gymnastics and track and field that can really kind of stunt you from developing and going through this, um, this thing that we call the change diet is so important i will agree when i was going through the menopause i tell you when i had those hot flashes (laughs) i was like i don't know what i did to deserve this this was absolutely crazy but my spirit told me start keeping a food journal and i would keep a food journal and i would notice particular things that would set me off Mm -hmm. i'd write down what it was where I got it, you know, was it homemade or was it a, a fast food restaurant? Was it from a dispensary? Where it was from and how long it took me to react and how long it took me to recover. And it seemed like I figured it out for myself in about two weeks. Now, it didn't go away completely, but it subsided so much when I restrict, extracted that sugar and that caffeine and those carbs. Yeah. It, Anything that was like sugar related or a processed food, like the lemonades and the lemonade dispensers, I don't know what's in that stuff, but it was really bad. So I started, I love the taste of coffee. So I got decaf and then I had to realize, you know, the teas, but all the other preservatives that they put in food. So what are some things, what are some boxes that we should tick uh, when we are trying to, you know, look at our nutrition as it relates to our hormone health and the menopause? Yeah, and, and I think what you just said about actually tracking your own reaction to food is really important because what some someone reacts to, someone else might not react to. And as we get older, we can get quite, uh, we can get more sensitive to foods and, and that reaction is is um kind of magnified. We felt rubbish before, but now we feel really rubbish. So tracking food, what you're eating and your reactions to it is really important. Estrogen and progesterone, particularly our hormones, are really linked to our gut. Um, It's kind of like a two-way street where our gut affects our hormones, our hormones affects our gut. So that's one of the reasons why we can become more sensitive when we're kind of in our 40s and 50s. But the things that I think are the the most important really is, well, there's, there's three things that I think are important. Plants, eating eating enough plants. I'm, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, but we generally don't eat enough plants. And plants are really important because, one, they contain lots of vitamins and minerals that we need because they're the building blocks for our hormones. And two, they are usually rich in fibre, which is really important for our good gut bacteria. And our gut bacteria actually help to, to balance out our hormones, in particular oestrogen. So getting fibre from our plants is really important. There's also things in plant called phytonutrients. Um, and one of these uh, is a kind of a plant estrogen. It's not really estrogen, but it's it mimics estrogen in our body. And again, it can help to balance. So if you don't have enough or, or you have too much, it can actually balance out that 
that the estrogen in our body by tricking our body to to think that we've got enough so that's really important and you get that in most plants anyway but in particular things like lentils um and flax seeds linseeds uh any kind of bean does, so, does not seed me <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does not make my flowers bloom. I don't, you know, flaxseed. I think I put too much flaxseed oil because, I mean, not flaxseed oil, flaxseeds. They just exploded in the in the uh, in the juice that I yeah. make. So you have to kind of have a combination. Get some good recipes. I go to a vegan restaurant now. When I try to cook vegan food, it tastes like straw. When yeah, I go yeah. to this uh, restaurant, it's absolutely delicious but they know yeah. how to put the right combinations together. Talking about- it herbs, the, it herbs and the spices, and I think that's the kind of the important Absolutely. thing is giving it flavor. So it doesn't even have to be vegan. It just means having, making sure you have lots of plants on your on your plate. And that can be beans, it can be fruit, it can be veg, it can be great. It can be a, anything that's a plant. As long as you've got plants alongside, if you eat meat, your meat, then you'll, you'll get enough of those nutrients that you need. I've been reading a- fit for life and they're really talking about natural hygiene mm -hmm. and also food combinations how mm -hmm. you put the foods together uh yeah. can make a big difference in how you digest your circadian rhythm how you sleep makes yeah. a big difference and supplements yeah. i don't mm -hmm. know some people are pro supplements some people say that you can get a lot naturally from you know your uh your plant-based foods but i'm on this turmeric thing now and it seems to be making a little difference um the brain fog you yep. know you're, you're slow you don't have energy lethargic plus we do this exercise hand to mouth so much and we don't allow our bodies to really digest give us a few suggestions maybe with regards to uh considering additional supplements that we can take and you know and this is just general brains if you're taking something that your doctor has suggested or recommended continue with that regimen because this is a lifestyle change. This is a quick fix. This yes. is something that you really want to incorporate and also you can incorporate uh, with your families. But I see all of the, the, the little tinctures in the back, back there. Do you make your own natural um, supplements? I don't make supplements, but they're herbs. So I do have uh, some herbs in the back that I make up formulas for. So in, in New Zealand and Australia, I think it's slightly different. So, so I'm a, a medical herbalist as well as a naturopath. So they tend to go together in New Zealand and Australia, whereas I think in the US, they tend to be more separate. So um, I, I do make my own. I also buy um, fluid extracts and then I make up my own formulas. So I, I tend to give that out rather than in a kind of tablet form. Um, and and that is really individual so it depends on what what's going on so so some women are really really stressed and so things like um withania is a fantastic herb that i might give them in as a liquid form or skull cap oat straw i love tea so I, I make um some really nice teas up with oat straw and passion flower and i love teas for women because it slows slows us down because it's really easy to take drops of herbs but if you can actually spend time with the ritual of making up a herbal tea then you're getting that me time as well and i think that's something that we we're lacking and stress is so important for hormone balance because when we're stressed our hormones just don't function properly and it really it really mucks up our whole hormone system so i love giving people teas get them to slow down and make a tea and sit down and actually enjoy it Mm -hmm. I know that's uh 
or I always tell my story how I brought back herbal teas from China and started to hallucinate because I took too much. So oh. you have to be careful. It is plant yeah. medicine. Absolutely. And, and it's always really important to check first because some herbs, even if it's natural, whether it's um, a herb in a, in a tablet form or herbs in a tea form, they do clash with medication. So it's always really important that you get advice before you start taking a natural herb or supplement if you're on medication, because otherwise it can actually stop the medication working or give you side effects because it kind of ramps up the medication too. Right. So, right. so I see what you're, I see that what you have on your shelf back there are droplets. Um, is that the quickest way? I think that might be the quickest way outside of a topical to ingest is put a couple drops under your tongue. Yeah. So sometimes I do drops. So, so I, I usually do a mix in a little bottle and sometimes it's drops or sometimes it's just two, two to five meals, a couple of times a day that people take a, like a little shot. Um, and that's absorbed really quickly. So, and, and I will give that to, Usually if anything to do with stress or sleep or hormone balance, there's some really good herbs for that. Yeah. You know, men yeah. go through the menopause too and their testosterone level shrinks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what they usually do is run out and get a sports car and a young woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you go to the gym and pump up some muscle, it will do the same thing. <laughs> they do, they do. And I don't know, do you, uh, do you work with men at all? Do the menopause? I don't, um, usually because I find the men that I do see tend to get dragged by their wives to see me for other things. Um, alongside what I do, I actually work for a university and I worked with people that have had stroke. And so I work with a lot of men who have had stroke to try and prevent them from having another stroke. So that's kind of a, another arm of what I do. And that's when I really work with men, but not in my private clinic. I tend to work with only women. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you do with stroke patients, just kind of changing yeah. the subject a little bit, because strokes are very individualized, but they are so debilitating. Uh, mm -hmm. Strokes are what? Explain that to my brains for those that don't know. So it's usually when there's um, a clot. So there's there's lots and lots of different types but of stroke, but usually there's a blood clot actually in one of the blood vessels that, that go to the brain. So it's it's almost like when you have a heart attack, there's a clot that, that's in one of the blood vessels to the heart, so your heart doesn't work. Stroke is when it happens in the brain. And so it can be temporary where the clot can pass through and it just causes a bit of damage. Um, sometimes that's called a TIA. Um, if it's a stroke, sometimes the clot is there and then they need to give medication to actually break that clot up or to um, widen a blood vessel so the clot can pass through. Um, and it can cause damage, can be temporary, can be permanent, depends on how big the stroke is. Um, usually people find that they, they, they kind of disassociate from their arms and their legs. So they might look at their hand and not realize that that's their hand. It feels like it's someone else's hand or their, their face can actually start to droop. They slur their speech. Um, what they think they're saying and what they're actually saying are two different things because what they're saying is just gobbledygook. Um, fatigue is massive with nearly everybody that I've worked with. So the study is looking at whether health coaching can help prevent a secondary stroke because if you have a stroke, the risk of having another stroke within a month or two is, is really high. Um, and fatigue is massive. People have a stroke, it's exhausting. And a lot of the time, because it's invisible and it's in their head, they feel like they should be able to get back, go straight to work, 
a week after they've had a stroke. But if you broke your arm or your leg and you're in a cast, you'd rest it for two or three months before you knew you could move it again. And because you can see the cast, you're, it's okay to rest, but we can't see the injury that we have to our cells and our blood vessels. So a lot of people get frustrated that they are so tired and that they need to rest lots because they just want to get back into the way they were before. And it's there's quite a recovery period to, to go through. So I support people in that. I look at their diet, give them support around their diet, um, help them manage stress because stress plays a massive role alongside diet and not exercising but stress is massive and there's a huge amount of people with really horrendous stressful um episodes or events that have gone on in their life that has exacerbated and created that that stroke so it's about trying to help them manage that so tell me a little bit about the program that you run that you help individuals yeah so to so the program i've got a couple of different programs that, that i run that the, the first one is a three-month program and we look at diet um, and it's very Mediterranean diet based. So I'm trying to encourage people to have lots of plants, lots of healthy fats, um, good amounts of healthy protein, because I find women generally don't eat enough protein. And as we age, the protein in our muscle kind of goes down a little bit. So we need a, a lot more protein in our diet. And we're looking at that. We're looking at exercise. Are we moving our bodies? Are we sleeping well? Do we have good routines around sleep? Um, looking at what's in our house. So there's lots of chemicals from the, the products that we use to clean our house or the products we put on our face. And a lot of those can actually disrupt our hormones and that can exacerbate our symptoms. And also mindset, which is massive. Because as I said at the beginning, when we're in this phase of our life, it's just like when you go through puberty, when you when you get married and you, or you have babies, that these are all periods in our life that are natural transitions, but it's where we look at who we used to be and who we want to be, and it's almost like a limbo time. Yeah. And so menopause is another limbo time where we can do the same. We reflect on the life we've had. Have we achieved what we want to achieve? What do we want to achieve over the next 30 years? And let's get excited about that. And I really believe that, that post-menopausal time is a time where women should step up and become leaders in their community, in their family, wherever. We need to not be invisible. I know society likes older women to be invisible, and I really feel like we need to step up and go, no, we're not going to be invisible. We've got something to say. We've got experience. We've got wisdom. This is our time. So a lot of what I do is around the mindset of that, of, of re-evaluating and creating the life you want and also being confident enough to step up and be a leader in whatever situation you're in. Right, right, right. There's no time limit on it, you know, uh, going through the menopause. You could have fibroids or you could have just uh, uh, depletion of your hormones. Uh, you could have had a hysterectomy. You could have had one ovary taken, both ovaries taken, the cervix out, a cancer. All of these things can send you in a menopausal state pre you know, 50 yeah, years yeah. old. Um, yeah. Someone you could, could start around 35 and it depends on whether you, you've had a, some health conditions, like you said, cancer, you can have surgery. So some women will go through the menopause really early, but sometimes women will just start to see these symptoms of perimenopause at around 35 years old. And you can experience that perimenopause for 10 years before you actually hit the menopause when your periods stop. Um, and even that can be a bit, you know, you could not have your period for 11 months, suddenly get your period and then you're back to square one again. So I know I was telling somebody else that was on my show, my girlfriend's pregnant. She's 46. 
Yeah. And she, yeah, she thought that, you know, she was having early menopause signs and she did a oopsie. <laughs> yeah, 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 it happens. It happens. So yeah. you have to be careful with that. Um, yeah. So tell us some fun things about you. Uh, what do you like to do there in Australia for recreation? What do you do for your personal exercise? What do I do? So, so I've I've got a son who's sixteen years old who's really into bodybuilding. So he's dragging me along to the gym, and I do um I do lots of weights. Weights are really really important for men of our age. Mm -hmm. So I um he's he's my trainer at the moment. So I, I go to the oh. gym several times a week with him. Um, but I love kayaking. That's something that I do in the summer. I kayak quite a lot. In where we live, there's lots of rivers and the sea, and so I kayak. Um, and I just, I, I live in a fairly rural location, so I, I garden a lot. I've got animals, and so I just spend a lot of time outside, to be honest. And then I and I play. I, I make creams, and I make, make witchy potions and, and just have fun with plants. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Do you grow the, the plants there on your property? I grow some. Um, we, we live in, in a kind of really, it's not mountainous, but it's very, very, very hilly and it's right near the coast. So some plants don't do particularly well. We have um, a veggie garden and orchard and we've learned what works and what doesn't. So I grow some, but most of what I grow, it's just because I like looking at it. Um, I tend to buy dried herbs and bring it in and then use that because I just don't ha have the time to, to garden the way I'd like to at the moment. So now how do you extract? I noticed that what do you do? Do you take like, we'll use lavender as an example. Yeah. You lavender, do you boil it and then you take it in a strainer and you extract whatever you can get because this probably takes a whole lot of lavender to probably get this much yeah. of the actual extract. And then you mix it with the base. Yeah, so what, what I mean, I, I don't tend to make um, lavender oil. I do have a still, but I don't, it just takes too long and I don't have enough. So I tend to, to buy my oils but if I've got any herbs it depends on the herbs then I can make an oil and what I usually do is I put the dried herbs if I picked it I dry them and then I actually put that in um in oil and I'll boil it up with oil and then strain out the herb and then I've got the oil and then I use that as my base so then I'll add other things to it to make creams and salves um, and I do that with things like chamomile and calendula in particular and, and comfrey and there's a few um native herbs you have in New Zealand that I use as well. So that that's what I'll do is I'll make an oil and then I'll use that oil either to make a balm or I add that to other things to make creams. Mm -hmm. Well, that is amazing. So you make creams, so you make topicals, you make uh, oils. Do you also, have you created a cookbook or a recipe book that you might uh, share with people and give them some basic tips and information and just some basic things that we can try? We can't go full throttle unless we're consulting with someone like you, uh, Sarah, because again, as I've indicated, that these plants are also medicine. And you want to be careful what you put in combination with the westernized philosophy versus an eastern philosophy versus the other cocktails that we put in our body. There could be other prescription drugs, antidepressants, uh, alcohol, you know, recreational drugs. So all of these things play a factor in that. Wouldn't you agree, Sarah? hundred percent. And and usually I don't give herbs unless I actually have a consultation with someone so that I know exactly what they're taking, uh, medicine, supplements, everything before I'd recommend because there are some herbs that I just would not recommend to anyone if they were on medication. 
or, or hormone therapy or contraception. I just, I wouldn't even go there. So the, the recipe books I have are, are more to do with diet. Um, and I have some recipes that, again, I, I tend to, I have groups, so I'll give a recipe book in a group. It's not been published. Um, so I, t I tend to give it within my group. I do run something called Ameno Shift. So I work alongside an organization called Menopause Experts Group. Um, and they have um, recipes where we actually, I teach cooking classes and I teach I menopause friendly um, cooking within these classes. And that, that most of the stuff- Give me is an example of, of, of what's menopause friendly in a diet. I mean, you know, yes. I know that you say plenty of vegetables, but what, what like combination? Do we cut back on the russet potatoes and eat more sweet potatoes or more purple potatoes? Uh, I just was in a lecture with the doctor that did uh, the, uh, oh, what is it? The zone, the blue zone. Oh yeah, the blue zone, yes. Blue zone. Yeah, yeah. And it was very, yeah. very fascinating. Uh, yeah. But again, you know, I had to look at it with the side eye because it's great, but these people have lived in these rural areas. They don't have cars, so they didn't have any choice but to walk, but they found that walking really helped a sense of family and camaraderie, yes, and community, uh, but also their diet. Now, the Mediterranean diet, everybody's big on the Mediterranean diet. When I went to Europe, you know what I found it was? Olive oil, pasta, veggies, but the coupe de gras is that it's from uh, farm to table. Here in the United States, I'm telling you, our food sources are absolutely tainted with all types of steroids, antibiotics, uh, growth hormones, all these things. So it's really hard for us to adhere to that. And you know that we're the obesity capital of the world and it's the inflammation. It's the inflammation in, this, in our system. And I know that um, I'll drink a carbonated beverage. It's good to me, I'll get another one. I feel like somebody stuck an air hose up my butt. I'm just, I really am yeah. just as bloated. And then I'll have some water and it seems like it even expands it even more. It takes two or three days to come off that bloat. Yeah. Yeah. So inflammation is really the cause of disease. Everyone is telling me because, you know, your organs and when you have that belly fat, uh, you're pushing other key organs in yeah. the wrong places. So exercise is important and you don't have to go to the gym everybody's not a gym person go for a walk that being doing something where you're moving your body where you just it feels good so you could be gardening i mean a lot of people in the blue zones they're not going to the gym they're just working no. their garden or they're going for a walk or you know housework you're going to be moving your body so as long as you're moving your body and if you have opportunities to walk up the stairs rather than going up an elevator then you do that so it's trying to find opportunities to move your body in a way that's that fits in with your life that's what's important now are you married do you have children i am i'm married and i've got two kids 16 year old boy and a 19 year old daughter okay now this lifestyle of incorporating nutrition and herbs and do they buy into it <laughs> uh they do and they don't. They go through phases. It's quite funny. So, so my daughter has become, um, she's really keen on eating as well as possible. And so she, she, I mean, we all eat meat. None of us are vegetarian. Um, she'll eat vegetables whenever she can. She eats fruit. When she's um, a 
air, air stewardess. So she travels with on Qantas. And so as much as she can, she will eat as healthy as she can when she can. I mean, she's on shift work, so it's not ideal. Right. Um, and she'll take herbs and supplements um, just to kind of, well, she knows she's not going to eat particularly well because she's traveling and she'll take a, a multivitamin mineral and, and things like that. So she's quite keen. Um, my son is really different in that he's really interested in supplements for big muscles, but he's not necessarily interested in eating vegetables. Mm. Um, so he'll eat lots of meat and then we'll be really picky about it. He might have a few peas, but that's about it. If he's green, he doesn't want to touch it. So they're both uh, one's into into the eating well but won't exercise one wants to do nothing but exercise and take supplements and doesn't particularly want to eat well if he can so it's yeah but as as they've got older they've got more interested if they get sick they'll say to me can you give me something so that's what that's when i right it's a lifestyle this is not a quick fix this is for the long haul if you're going to be taking something your body has to get acclimated just yes. like anything else. Once it starts functioning and feeling good, then you feel like I don't have to take it anymore. And this can be a little expensive, you know, yeah. uh, herbal medicine. It's not you know, cheap just because it comes from the ground. As we said, we have to talk about how you extract it, what you mix it with, what is the quantity, you know, what is the quality? Like Sarah says, sometimes she'll purchase her oils. She's not necessarily growing all of them. So you have to have a consistent vendor. You have to have trial and error. I would suggest that when you do it, Brains, uh, if you're going a natural, holistic approach, that you try a little bit at a time. Give yourself four or five days to see if you get a rash, if there's an allergic reaction, if you get diarrhea, if you get constipation, if you start to throw up. Then you can eliminate things. Start, start, Start small and then build up, because sometimes you could take a big amount and then you react and and... Doing one thing at a time is really good because sometimes you can buy supplements that have got lots of things in and you don't necessarily know what it is you've reacted to because so I, I like things that have got only one or two or three ingredients in because right. then that way it's a lot easier to work out what it is that you might be reacting to. Hmm, that's perfect. So uh, tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Sarah, if they want to yeah. join your group. Um, and sure, get more information and, you know, work with our brains. You might be able to get one of those cookbooks. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm predominantly on Facebook. If you go to um, Sarah, find Sarah Brenchley Wellbeing, you'll find my business page there and um, Sarah Brenchley on, on Facebook as well. Um, and my website is um, sarah-brenchley.com and you'll find, find me, find me there. And there's a links page. If you go to Sarah sarah-brinchley.com slash links then there's a whole bunch of resources there that you'll find as well well i think that you are so heady and so useful and i am working on my nutrition i'm even uh going to the point of doing hypnotic uh tapes and meditation tapes at night to really yeah. try to embed it in my subconscious mind so that uh, my head takes control instead of my mouth and my tongue thank you so much for being here on the edge sarah brinchley uh this is what i need you to do brains outside of get your nutrition i need you to go like love share and subscribe like love share and subscribe to the youtube channel that's how i stay fluid that's how i keep giving you all the information that you deserve thank you so much sarah come back and see me again okay thank you very much appreciate right. it bye brains Bye-bye.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.